0: Today on the Made For More podcast, I am speaking with Tony Lloyd. He is a former Fortune 500 executive with companies such as John Deere, Medtronic, and Buffalo Wild Wings. Today, Tony is a best-selling author, keynote speaker, business coach, and podcast host. He is the executive producer of the podcast, The Social Entrepreneur, where he shares positive stories from underrepresented voices focused on solutions. Tony also hosts Thrive Connect Contribute, where he tells stories of people who thrive in life, connect with others, and contribute to the world in the face of adversity. Today's episode is uh, filled with so many gold nuggets for those people that are feeling all the feels as we talk about in the episode. You can jump on to madeformore.com.au forward slash 18 to get all of the show notes and uh, References that we talk about today. I would also love it if you could jump on and uh, give this episode a a like and a review. Uh, Let's dive in. Welcome to the Made for More podcast. I'll be sharing my experiences along with some actionable advice to take your leadership to the next level. Introducing your host, it's me, Ali Nitschke. I'm a leadership and courageous conversations expert and a teller lover, a mother of four young boys, a wife and a dance floor junkie. I'm here to give you the motivation you need to level up, lead yourself, lead your team and your business. Let's go. Welcome to today's episode of the Made For More podcast. I am so lucky to be joined today by Tony Lloyd. Hello, Tony. Welcome.
1: Hi, Ellie. It's good to be here.
0: Now, Tony, before we get too far into it, I would love it if you could share a little bit about where you have come from and where you're going. What's your background?
1: So former Fortune 500 executive, and I left that career in 2014. And today I'm an author, a speaker, a business coach, and a podcaster.
0: Amazing. Just a few feathers in your hat there.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm crazy busy, but that keeps me, keeps me sane in the middle of this COVID-19 crisis.
0: Oh, I bet. And at the time of recording this, you're actually, you know, we're nearing the end of the outcome of the US election. And you were just saying before we got started around the emotional energy that's, that's happening in the States. So can you talk a little bit around that?
1: Yeah. So the one thing is I'm jealous of your listeners. <laughs> because they know how it all turns out. And I don't. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I have lots of friends who on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever, you know, the common phrase they're saying is I'm feeling all the feelings, right? Oh, whether, yeah. the, you know, whether you're feeling anxious or, or happy or afraid or, you know, or exuberant or whatever that is, it's like, we're all just sort of feeling all the feelings. And, and so, you know, it's kind of like we're, we're absorbing the energy, of yeah. all the things that are happening in the world, you know, you and I were talking before we started recording about you know, COVID-19, social injustice, political unrest, economic downturn, environmental degradation, and now this crazy election with these crazy people and you know, so so it's kind of like that is all energy and it's just getting deposited into our bodies. Yeah. And what I find is people either turn that energy inward, which becomes kind of a neurosis, mm. um, you know, where we're stressing and where we're sort of driving that energy inward and just harming ourselves. Or some people find a way to turn that energy outward through service.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and that has really been a key trick for a lot of the people that I've been working with and coaching and, and talking to in the last few weeks.
0: Yeah. And we're certainly feeling the energy here. I was at a yoga, kundalini yoga last night with some people that definitely are tuned into energy and they're like, my goodness, this week has just wiped me out. So <laughs> it's one of those things. And I think it's energetically, it's been, you know, 2020 has been the year of unrest. You know, we had, I'm not sure if you know, we had massive fires here yes, at the yes. beginning of the year, had COVID as well. And, and yeah, we are, as we say in Australia, we're feeling the feels and right, yeah. I think I would love to actually unpack a little bit more around you know, sort of the things that you're seeing that people are doing to flip the script and and turn all of this energy that they're feeling into more positive or channel it in a way that's productive and useful and helpful. What, What
1: are you seeing? Yeah, so one of the things that we can think about is we think about all these crises, but crises create opportunity. Mm. and so you know people's there's this massive disruption right now so there's disruption in health and safety employment housing social connections recreation education transportation you know we could go on and on and so it's like everything is disrupted and and so those are opportunities to serve to be of service and and the way that we show up in service can look a lot of different ways. You know, I like, I like this phrase. It's like hold tight to the vision, but let the form be flexible. It's, it's like tacking when you're sailing, going across a lake, you know, you're not sailing in a straight line. You're a little left, little right, little left, little right. And, and you eventually make it across. So holding tight to that vision, like what is that thing? What's, what's the thing in your heart? And Allie, you could probably answer this in an instant. Like, what's the thing in your heart, like either the thing that breaks my heart that I just, I have to do something about. I mean, your your podcast is called Made for More, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's not an accident. Uh, so you could either answer the question, what's breaking my heart? Or you could answer the question, what's giving me hope right now? Who's inspiring me? Yeah. And so whether you're sort of trying to think about how do I heal or how do I replicate this wonderful thing in the world, you know, that people can find a place of service just within that. And I could talk about that more, but I don't want to go on too long. So, so, you know, your, your thoughts and response on that.
0: No, I think that that's a beautiful way to look at it, and I'm certainly and have always been the optimist, the uh, the glass half full. So I am of the same same thoughts of of you. You know, we can either sit and dwell and worry about these things, or we can actually do something about it. And and the way that we do that is by actually taking some action. And and I I believe that as well. And I think you know there's a time for pity parties, and I've I've certainly had my fair share. But I try not to dwell in in that space for too long because uh, I get bored of it really quickly. Right. And right. I think you know what what can And I do, you know, I'm, I'm in charge of um, the decisions that I make and the things that I can do and yeah, go out and take some action. So what types of things are you, are you doing? Like what is, where are you channeling your energy right now? Yeah.
1: So, so the first thing, you know, really it has to start with my internal work. Right. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, you can't pour from an empty vessel. You yeah. know, I have to key into my own key strengths and, and you have key strengths and gifts that you're bringing to the world. I have different strengths and gifts that I bring. So I really have to start with that sort of self-care. And, you know, I think people have been confused in the last year about the difference between self-care and self-care pleasure, if you will. I mean, that's, no. that's probably not the right word. Yeah. That, that didn't sound quite right, but yes. you know, that's sort of comforting behavior. So sitting on the, on the, you know, sofa, eating bonbons and, and just, you know, hoping that the world goes away, you know, there is a time and a place for that, but, mm. but self-care, you mentioned Kundalini. Huh, let me try Kund- this again. Kundalini. You thank you. You mentioned yoga. Yeah. <laughs> so, and so, you know, that's a form of self-care exercise is a form of self-care there, you know, there are like 10 different areas of our lives that we could look into and how am I doing mentally and emotionally and spiritually and physically and, you know, intellectually and all these other areas. And so, so practicing self-care, meaning strengthening those parts of ourselves. Lifting those parts of ourselves up, then identifying those unique gifts that we bring to the table. So, what's the thing that I can do better than almost anybody, or what's the thing that my friends come and ask me for help with, or you know, what's the thing I get a lot of questions about? What? So, so what is that set of gifts for you? And then finding a way to direct those towards the the pain, you know, and 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 what I find right there, you know, that's the tricky bit that people get frozen because they don't really understand, okay, I get that I have gifts. I get that the world is hurting. So how do I build a bridge from this to that? How do I, and I'm doing my hands in a certain way, which your listeners can't see. A bridge shape, yes. (laughs) A bridge shape, right. So, So really what I appreciate about this is that Uh, success leaves clues.
0: Oh, my favorite all-time quote. Yep. There you go.
1: Yeah. And so there are lots of people who have done this, Mm -hmm. whether they have started a nonprofit, whether they've started a for-profit on-purpose business, whether they have volunteered, whether they have hiked the Appalachian Trail, whatever that thing might be, you know, that people, people have done these things and been successful. And so what I like to do is just sort of walk people through a set of, standard steps, if you will, of, of things that, that can get them to that other side of that bridge.
0: Yeah. So I love everything that you said there. Success leaves clues is definitely, certainly something that I latched onto in my early days of starting my own business. Cause I knew that there was people doing what I wanted to be doing and just started, you know, following what they were doing and being like, Oh, okay. So every day they do this and then we do this. And I'm like, Oh, okay. This is how we actually get momentum and, and build that way. So I love that. Yeah. So when it does come to people that have, you know, and it's interesting what you said is I think a lot of people don't recognize their strengths because more often than not, a strength is something that comes so naturally to us that we don't realize that it's our secret source until you actually are like, oh, okay, what do I get asked all the time? And uh, one of my secret source ingredients is courageous conversations. And it took me Mm. ages to realize that that's what people ask me for and I'm like, oh no, I'm re- really good at sorting out <laughs> and talking people through how to have tough conversations. Right. And now that's part of, you know, part of the made for more made for more sweet as well. So it's quite funny how we we don't recognize that their strengths because it's one of those things that comes so easy. And you think, yeah. oh, that couldn't possibly be it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Sometimes, you know, we
1: are the last to recognize our zone of genius. Yeah. So sometimes we need somebody
0: else to say, we well, silly What do you mean you don't know? So you mentioned you've got some steps that you take people through. Are you able to just at a high level talk through, you know, what are the steps if someone's like, I'm pretty sure I've got a secret source, or a genius zone. I'm just not sure. (laughs) I'm just not sure where it is or where it's hiding.
1: Right, right. So uh, a few things that I do is I I start with their vision, right? So yeah. so anytime you're doing coaching, right? There's the old model we used to say the grow model of of coaching, right? So what's the goal? Yeah. Uh, what's the the reality?
0: Yeah.
1: And then and then you know by there's a dynamic tension, right, yep. between that goal and the reality. And that is the opportunity, and and it's almost like there's this you know this this bungee cord, this stretching that takes place there when you put a dynamic tension in there, and you recognize the 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 delta, the 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 gap between the reality and and the and the goal. So clarifying the goal. So I, I help people to think about who do you serve, what's their problem, and then what's your what's your solution, what's the thing that you're bringing to the world to solve that problem, but then how does that tie into something bigger, right? How do yeah. how do you go big? You know, yeah. I used to do improv a long time ago and we would do this exercise where like some person would say something and the other person would say something back and then the, the you know, the offstage manager would just yell at us, go bigger, you know? And so, you yeah. know, you go, oh, and so there was an elephant in the room, go bigger. Oh, there was the Empire State Building in the room, go bigger. There was, you know, a brontosaurus rex in the, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, and And so sometimes people just need to be called out to say, that's nice, dear. Yeah. You know, but you're greater than that. <laughs> so one of the first things we want to do is clarify that direction. And then we want to think about strategizing their actions, right? You, you said something really key while well ago, Ellie. You said start. Yes. And, and uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, like you, I have interviewed hundreds of people. And as I've been interviewing them at the end, I always ask for a key piece of advice. And the number one thing that they said was just start
0: yeah a hundred
1: percent just do it yeah. Yeah, yeah I have a I have a saying that I say often, which is miracles find you while you're in motion And Ooh, it's. That's good. It's kind of like you know we're surrounded by this cloud of call it what you will, right Serendipity, synchronicity, coincidences, whatever. But when you're sitting on your sofa and you're sitting on your hand and you're sitting still, Those little miracles can't find you, but it's the second that you stand up. It's the second that you start moving forward. You just sort of run into this cloud of little coincidences that can guide you along the way and give you little clues as to whether or not you're on the right path. Right. Mm, so, mm. so we think about what's your strategic strategic action plan like for the next year, which is great. But then, how do we back that up to 90 days and 30 days? And then, what are your daily habits that are going to support that? Yeah. So, the first thing is clarifying your vision and direction, second thing is your strategic actions. And then, the third thing is do you have some skills gaps right so you know maybe you need to upgrade your skills so if there's something that you want to do and you haven't you haven't learned it yet maybe you need to take a course maybe you need to get some coaching maybe there's something else you need or here's another idea though if you're if you're starting something Maybe you need a co-founder for that business. Maybe mm-hmm. you need to partner with someone. Maybe there's a community you need to join. So you don't have to host all of those skills within yourself. How do you how do you leverage the skills of others around you? Yeah. And then how do you optimize your environment? because I find that people, they have all these big goals but then like their physical environment or even their you know their people environment the people they hang out with yeah. can be stopping them from moving forward or even like your ideas environment it, you know are you reading the right books are you you know how are you mentally spending your time are you doom scrolling your way through twitter <laughs> or, you know or you're feeding your mind these things and then the last thing really has to do with mastering mindset and emotions and and Allie, I I have to tell you if I could start with that, I yeah. would, because that's where people make huge leaps. But unfortunately, it's like they, they can't really focus on that stuff. My experience has been they won't focus on it until they have a plan, right? Now uh-huh. that I know what I'm doing, I've gained a little bit of clarity.
0: Yeah.
1: Now I want to speed up. And yes. it's that inner work that really gets them to start making those quantum leaps. But yeah. we, we coach on all the practical stuff first and just sort of give them a framework and we give them, you know, all the tools they need in order to be successful. And now they, it's like they sort of dropped into that yeah. safe space. Yeah. And now they're calm enough that we can start talking about that internal work and all the emotional stuff that they really have to have to deal with in order to, to make big leaps.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. I love that. I think you're a hundred percent right. If we could start with the mindset, that would be the the first place <laughs> to go. I talk a lot about this as well, and it's interesting how much we are sometimes the biggest blocker in our own success and in getting stuff done. Because I call it head junk, but it's you know internal monologue, all right. of that conditioning from those early years that we've collected and and held on to so tightly can right. actually be um, standing in the way. So. Yes. As Tony mentioned, if you can start with the mindset, you know, at least get a a little uh, bit of a handle on that. And one of the things that has been like made the most profound difference to my own mindset is journaling. So I journal most days or pretty much every day and probably have for the last two years. And that has oh, had such a huge impact just being aware right. of what's going on there right. as well. But you said something really interesting uh, that is so in line with uh, what I believe as well around the skills gap. You're like, yes, you could learn it. But I'm very much of the belief that if you've got some strengths, polish them up and just backfill. Like if you've got gaps, find someone who's right. whatever your gap is, that's their genius zone. And then you've right. got everyone working in their in their zone of genius. So I love that. Yeah. and we were talking a little bit around before we got started was around this purpose. And I think that this year has certainly shone a light or given people the opportunity to, to just be still and um, pause and really have a think about what it is that they want to be doing with themselves, with their life, perhaps, you know, they, I know I talked to a lot of people that were kind of in that rat race, you know, wake up, go to work, come home, go to bed, wake up, you know, and, and we've had to, we've had to rethink the way that things have always been. And I think it's, It's uh, given closet entrepreneurs a real uh, opportunity to actually go, actually, what if, or what if this was different and how can I change, make a a massive impact and what do I want to leave as a legacy? And do you have any advice for the listeners that are looking or, you know, unpacking purpose and finding purpose? I think it's one of those things where we get a little bit, it's so big that we can't see the the wood for the trees, the trees for the wood, whichever way it goes. It's one of those things that we get so caught up in defining what our purpose is going to be that we actually can't do it.
1: Right, right. You know, a couple of things on that. One is I often, so so yes, yes to everything you just said. Let Let me just start with that. Yes to everything you said, because, you know, our life has been disrupted and what we have now realized is that on on average, during a work week, as if there were now a work week because work happens all the time, right? Yeah. But during a work week, on average, people spend 36% of their time either sleeping or personal grooming. And so you're basically going to sleep and getting up, so 36% of your time, and then an additional 37% of your time, you're spending in work or work-related activities. Yeah. Which means... More than two-thirds of your time are spent either asleep or working. So if we want to live a life of purpose and meaning, we have to bring purpose and meaning to that part of our lives because the way you spend your time is the way you spend your life. You, You are going to wake up 50 years from now and say, oh, my goodness, my life has slipped by. And so I think people are beginning to realize you know, life is moving on life can be very short. By the way, there's a, there's a noise outside my window here. Do you need me to close this window? Can you hear it?
0: No, it's all good.
1: Okay, good. Yeah. Someone is coming by with some mechanical equipment there. So, all right. So let me back up. So yeah. So the way you spend your time is the way you spend your life. And so Mm. I think people are very aware of how short and how fragile life can be right now. And so we are awakened. We are, we woke. yeah, we are woke. Yeah, I'm actually I I am legally not allowed to use words like woke or you know, any anything that has any kind of hip hop to it or any, you know, cool words. Oh, yeah, because cool words? I'm too old. Like I've been given a card and they said, sorry, you cannot say woke or, you know, anything like that. That's just not your territory. So I'm glad you said woke because I think it's true. I thought I was too old teasing to as well, but Oh, oh. my goodness, no. You know, you're half my age, but so I think that people are woke. They are, they are aware they're sensitized to the fact that there's more to life than what they've been thinking about and they are heartbroken by things around them. And and one of the things that will give you clues is pay attention to that heartbreak, right? So yeah. someone wrote a book a few years ago and they talked about heart plus head equals hustle, right? So, hmm. so think about your heart, about the thing that is either breaking your heart or the thing that is inspiring you. You know, a good example of this is there's a woman named Susan Elwer, and she was working in a preschool just simply as an assistant in the preschool. And she had this idea over here on the side about she wanted to start an inspirational t-shirt company, right? Inspirational slogans on t-shirts. Wouldn't that be a cool thing to bring to the world? We need more of that kind of stuff. So yeah, she'd been thinking about it like that's interesting, but she's also uh, an assistant in a little preschool and one of the teachers came over to her and pointed to a little boy and she said, you see him? And she said, yeah, I said, well, we've just gone through the first quarter of school and he has not eaten lunch one time this year. Mm. And, and so Susan was just shocked and heartbroken and she thought, well, what can I do about that? So the first thing she did was went home and made a sandwich. Like, can I at least feed this kid? Right. And so they went, she went home, made a sandwich and gave to the kid. And then she thought, but how, you know, make it bigger, right? How Mm -hmm. can I do something with a bigger impact? And so she started this t-shirt company and it's called spoonful apparel and every T-shirt that they sell, they take their profits and they feed hungry kids. Mm. And, and so that's an example of somebody who just looked at the thing that's right in front of her. You know, somebody said, everybody wants to save the world, but nobody wants to help mama with the dishes. So, <laughs> so we have this idea that it has to be this grand thing. We're going to go to, you know, Africa, East Asia, somewhere, and we're really going to, you know, serve in a mission and we're going to live in these poor conditions. You know, you can go down the road and find an, a need. I mean, we are living in an opportunity-rich environment, right?
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So I have and you mean that as an like opportunity that. for change as, as opposed to being opportunistic. It's opportunity to have massive, massive heartfelt impact.
1: And yeah, absolutely.
0: Impact. Yeah,
1: yeah. It, you know, anytime that there are lots of problems lying around, that means there's lots of opportunities to have solutions.
0: Yeah.
1: And so right now, you know, our health is disrupted, and all these other things are disrupted. And so, how do we just look at all those those broken places? and see places where we can plug in. Now, now I particularly really love stories where people have both the profit and the purpose, you know, Mm. they make a dollar and a difference that those are the ones that excite me the most. I mean, I have this fortune 500 executive career. And so I have this bent towards, you know, using business to do good. Yeah. And so those are the things that excite me the most.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I think there is definitely a lot more awareness around, you know, what is the impact that we can have? But I think the biggest takeaway that from that is, you know, just make a start. You know, if you've got a grandiose idea, you know, how can you, you know, drill down and bring that vision to a smaller, you know, what what impact can you make today to one person right. or two people or, right. you know, get that get those little steps happening so you can build momentum into having that huge impact. I love exactly.
1: that.
0: Yep. And now you have also got a, a book book. Yes, I Can do. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So the book is called Crazy Good
1: Advice: 10 Lessons Learned from 150 Leading Social Entrepreneurs. So a, oh, nice. a little bit about the title, I don't believe that I give crazy good advice, but here's here's what happened. You know, two two pieces here. One is like you I'm a podcaster and at the end of every podcast episode I ask people for their best piece of advice for early stage social entrepreneurs and what's something that you've learned that you could pass along. And and so after my first 150 episodes, I began to go, I think I'm seeing a pattern here. It's, It's like I'm hearing the same thing again and again. So I sorted the sheet and, you know, I, I had a little Excel spreadsheet and I put the advice in one column and then sort of a category in the next. And so I sorted the sheet. When I did, I found that there were only 10 pieces of advice that they gave again and again. Huh. So so I put that together into this book. And the other thing about the the title Crazy Good Advice There's a guy that I interviewed and his name is Looney Libis. Now, if you're going to talk to somebody about something crazy, Looney is a good person to talk to about this. But he said, when you tell your family and your friends and your loved ones, your mom, your dad, your sisters, your kids, whoever, that you're going to launch a business Mm. and they tell you that you are crazy, Mm -hmm. they're right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're not right. They're right. Because you have to be crazy to pull this stuff off. Yeah. And so if you're going to go through the trouble of doing that, you might as well have the biggest impact you possibly can. And yeah. so that's kind of where the key piece of advice was that started the book and- and so we have these 10 key pieces of advice and I could kind of go through them if you want, but, but, you know, it's a, it's a great little book. What, what was funny about it was I actually, I just wrote it as a spiff for a uh, giveaway for a crowdfunding contest. Mm-hmm. A oh, cool. crowdfunding effort. Right. So yeah. I was uh, doing this crowdfunding e- effort. Tom Osborne out of Start Some Good there in, I believe he's out of Sydney. He, he gave me this advice, you know, give away something that only you could give away. And so we talked about it brainstormed. It. it turned out that I needed to write a book. So I, yeah. I wrote this book and, and we gave it away as just, you know, here, here it is, you know, you gave some money, here's a book for you. Yeah. And then at the end we went, well, we've got this book. What do you do with a book? Well, we'll just put it on Amazon. And it turned into a bestseller. Ah. And so I never really <laughs> intended that. It was just like, you know, well, you're going to put, you know, and then boom, it shot up to number one in several categories. Ah, and have uh, good and congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And so, and and now I'm giving away free copies of it. So if people are interested okay. in having a free copy, They can just find my name. My name is Tony Lloyd, and my last name is spelled with one L, right? L-O-Y-D. So it's T-O-N-Y-L-O-Y-D. If they go to TonyLloyd.com, there's a big green button right in the middle of the page. says download the book. They can click on that and get an electronic copy for free.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much. That's great. I'm sure our listeners would love to uh, check out the Crazy Good Advice, 10 Lessons Learned from 150 Leading Social Entrepreneurs. And it's interesting that you said that because I finished my podcast with your top tips as well. So I'm actually going to uh, (laughs) maybe I'll start looking at how I can turn that into a book. But uh, before we finish off, Tony, I've absolutely loved talking to you about this. I think we need more people like you in the world that are concentrating on some of this heart-driven social impact stuff especially right now when there is so much unrest happening you know energetically there's so so many things that people could be doing right now and as you mentioned uh, straight off the bat they're feeling all the feels so what would be your top advice i normally go with five but i know you've already given your five steps but do you have That's okay yeah. what, what is
1: so here's here's the number one lift up underrepresented voices
0: Oh, love it.
1: Like yeah. right now in this world, you know, I, I am a white male in his 60s now, which surprises me every time those words come out of my mouth that I'm in my <laughs> 60s. But, but I'm a white male in my 60s. And, and honestly, I have won, right? So, you know, yeah. I won the zip code or the postal code lottery. I won the gene lottery. You know, I mean, like the entire universe has shown all the light in the world into my body. And I acknowledge that. So my role right now is to just simply take that light and to reflect it to those who haven't been given the spotlight in the past. So I would say number one is lift up underrepresented voices. And I'd say number two is find something to experiment with, You know, there's a, there's a concept called human centric design and yes. you, know, you can Google that. And so really it starts with empathy. How do you, how do you find, you know, who has the need, what's their need. You define the problem, you create a problem statement, you ideate different ideas, you create a prototype and you test it. And what I find is people come to me and they say I have a business idea and it has to look exactly like this and I've mm-hmm. already got it all baked out and I'm trying to build an app and I need some money to go fund that. Yeah, so I'm like, build it. It, Can we just do a little experiment? Can we just do something that you know and get some reaction and some feedback from? So I'd say you know number two is you know experiment with something. Number three is pay attention to what breaks your heart and what inspires you. Mm-hmm. I, I think I've mentioned that a few times, but I think that's just really important is it's a clue from the universe. Let's see, probably number four would be just start, yeah. right? And that's something that is a common piece of advice. Let me just sort of sit with this for a second. I, I'd, say, I'd say find someone to go with you on the journey.
0: Oh, love it. Yeah.
1: You know, and and that can be a peer, that could be a coach, that could be somebody that you're mentoring along the way. It could be any kind of thing, but find someone to go with you on the journey, because I think we're so much better together. If you think about, you know, when we were out walking on the plains and tribes, you know, the ones who survived were the ones that stayed with the tribe. They were tribal. And the ones who were like, going off and wandering by themselves, they got eaten by the saber tooth tiger. And so we Mm. are built as social creatures. And so I would say, bring somebody along on your journey and, and just love them up and, you know, let's build our own little tribes.
0: Yes, I love it. Tribes, your tribe. What is it? Your vibe attracts your tribe, and I think that is so true. We are uh, creatures of needing to be connected and uh, be part of a community. I love that so much. Thank you, Tony. I absolutely love speaking with you today. You've uh, dropped so many nuggets of gold. I'm sure everyone is going to love it. And uh, check out TonyLloyd.com to see all of the awesome stuff he is doing. And snap up. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed this episode on the Made for More podcast, please make sure you subscribe to receive future episodes. And of course, five-star reviews are always welcome on the Apple podcast. If you'd like a copy of the show notes or any of the links mentioned today, check out madeformore.com.au forward slash podcast. And of course, if we aren't connected already, you can find me in all the usual places. Ali Nitschke on LinkedIn, ali.madeformore on Facebook and Instagram. I hope you have an awesome week and I'll catch you again soon. Bye-bye.